Hi guys, TJ here, back with another two-part episode of the 20-Minute Fitness Podcast. This time, we'll be going over an exercise and recovery routine for weight loss. As per all of our other two-part series, the first episode, today's episode, will be more around the basics, and the second episode will be taking things further. So in today's episode, we're going to cover why you should exercise, some exercise for weight loss, how often and when you should exercise, and some resources that would help you in your exercise journey. As always, the 20-Minute Fitness Podcast is all about actionable and evidence-backed health and fitness insights. So why exercise? The question is, why shouldn't you exercise? It's one of the greatest forms of self-improvement. Doing physical activity has so many positive effects on both your mental and physical health and should be included in your weekly routine. Most importantly, exercise plays a big part in your weight loss journey. This is because it can burn calories so that your calories out can increase and you can easily reach a caloric deficit. Below are some further great other health benefits to exercise. Increase muscular strength and size, increase stamina, increase cardiovascular fitness, increase your metabolic rate, improve glucose metabolism and increase fat oxidation. Although weight loss is 80% nutrition and 20% exercise, check out our nutrition guide if you haven't yet. If you don't include exercise, you'll struggle to reach your health and body composition goals. So now is the time to act and build your workout routine to reach your goals. Workouts for weight loss. When it comes to exercise for weight loss, many often fall into the trap of turning to excessive cardio or hits to achieve results. Little do people know that resistance training is one of the most effective exercise types for weight loss. Although this may be a new type of exercise to you, don't be nervous to try something out new. And for the ladies out there, it is a myth that resistance training will make you look bulky. So don't let that hold you back from implementing it into your routine. So why is this type of training so important? Well, it's beneficial for your health in many ways. First off, and the most obvious, is it essential for muscle retention and gains. Even if you're currently in weight loss, you can still retain and make gains if you're eating enough protein. Secondly, it protects your muscle mass and bone health. At around 30 years old, you start to lose as much as 3-5% to 5% of muscle mass per year due to aging. Muscle strengthening activities can help preserve or increase muscle mass, strength and power which are essential for bone, joint and muscle health as we age. Moreover, strength training helps you keep weight off in the long term. Muscle burns more calories at rest than some other tissues, including fat. Because of this, it is commonly said that building muscle is the key to increasing your resting metabolism aka your BMR, as in how many calories you burn at rest. For example, in a study, weight training led to a 9% increase in resting metabolism for men, around 150 calories a day, and for women, almost 4%, roughly 50 calories per day. It's also been proven that strength training boosts energy levels and improves your mood. This is due to the endorphins it creates in your body, which lift energy levels and mood. Finally, another benefit of strength training is that it helps you develop better body mechanics. This includes your balance, coordination, and posture. Balance is dependent on the strength of the muscles that keep you on your feet. The stronger those muscles, the better your balance. All right, so how do we actually get started? Resistance training includes both weighted and bodyweight exercises. So if you're a beginner, you can start with bodyweight and progress to weights. But remember, as you progress to weights and weight machines, there is no need to be scared. Get educated with this guide and you'll feel confident to execute resistance training in your gym or at home. So how do we actually stimulate muscle growth? Stimulating muscle growth can be achieved with demand training, where you're demanding more for your muscles and sending a signal to your body that needs to adapt and get stronger. Your muscles will therefore gradually become larger, which will provide you with the muscular strength and endurance to survive what your body thinks is a threat to your survival. So let's look at the weight, so that's resistance training methods. The most common is progressive overload. In order to continue building muscle, you need to keep pushing yourself that bit further every time you work out. This is called progressive overload is where you're pushing yourself that little bit further. For example, added by adding more reps, more sets, i.e. the total volume of reps, frequency, greater intensity of weight resistance, or longer time under tension. Make sure to only change one variable at a time, however. What's important is the total volume of weight resistance put on your muscle groups, i.e. you could do 4 by 10 bench presses at 100 pounds each, that's a total volume of 4,000 pounds lifted, or 5 by 5 bench presses of 130 pounds each, just 
3,250 pounds lifted. The latter can be great to get your strength up, but more volume is better for stimulating muscle growth. Frequency can be another path and is championed by Ted Naiman to just exercise to failure every day. As we said earlier, you should be trying to hit failure. In order to hit failure quicker, there are various methods you can use. Try failure. This concept is where you work until you hit failure on the concentric part of the exercise, i.e. the most difficult part of the exercise. An easy example to visualize is for a push-up, it's the upwards movement against gravity. When you hit this, hold it. This will be very taxing on your muscles as you're holding yourself against gravity and is what is called an isometric exercise. Then we have the rest-pause method. Another way to hit failure is to use the rest-pause method. This is a way of extending the demand part of the exercise so the muscles get the message loud and clear. To do this, take your set all the way up to failure. Ideally, triple failure mentioned above. Then, only rest for 20 seconds before repeating the exercise. It is unlikely you'll be able to do the same amount of reps you did the first time, but this is because they haven't had time to recover. Taking your first set to failure, then doing two more rest sets massively increases the demand that you're putting on your muscles at a fraction of time. Then we have single set failure. Single set to failure is a method where instead of doing the traditional three or four sets, you put all your effort into one. This would be a very intense couple of repetitions. For beginners to weightlifting, single set training may consist of multiple repetitions until failure with a light to moderate weight as a way to get used to strength training. But remember, the key is always working until failure. The most effective way to practice demand training and reach failure in the most efficient way is to do a single triple set daily to triple failure of the triple moves push-pull legs. As a beginner in resistance training, to build your routine, you should include the three basic movement patterns, push, pull, and legs. This is because it's the most effective way to train all the muscle groups. So within the push category, we have chest, shoulders, and triceps. Pull, we have back, biceps, rear delts, and the legs we have quadriceps, hamstrings, and your calves. You'll need to include exercises from each of these sections to create a full body resistance training workout. Now I'll go into detail about each movement and try and give some examples of exercises to try. Push. This is what it says on the tin. A movement where you push away from your body. In more scientific terms, it is an eccentric contraction that involves lengthening the muscle and controlling the resistance as you move connection points further apart. The best example of this type of exercise is the push-up, but I'll cover more push exercises later. It's okay if you can't do a full push-up just yet, and it can be something you can work towards. If you're a beginner, start with either a push-up on your knees or a wall push-up. Try doing at least five reps and hitting failure at 10. Keep progressing by progressively overloading by either moving to more difficult exercises or higher reps. Pull. The opposite to push, this is a concentric contraction involving shortening the muscle while moving two connection points closer together. Similar to push exercises, there are many you can choose from that target different muscle groups. More on that later though. The pull-up is an example of a great pull movement. This is a difficult bodyweight movement and similar to the push-up, it can be worked towards by using an easier version such as rows on the TRX machine. Legs. Your legs will one basic movement, which is pushing your body away from gravity. Squats, lunges, jumps, are all compound leg movements that involve a ton of muscles as well as flexing the knee, hip and ankle at the same time. The ultimate show of leg strength is being able to do a pistol squat. This is a challenge for even the best athletes, so start with a basic squat in order to work towards it. As promised, here's some other examples of exercise for each movement. So push, we have the bench press, overhead press, incline dumbbell press, dumbbell shoulder press, chest flies, side laterals, push downs, and tricep extensions. For pull, we have the barbell row, the pull up, dumbbell rows, pull overs, lat pull downs, barbell curls, hammer curls and concentration curls and for legs we have squats deadlifts or the romanian variation leg press hack squats lunges leg extensions leg curls and calf raises so how many reps and sets should you do you should target an exercise so it's just easy enough that you can do at least five reps but just hard enough that you fail by the time you get to around 10 repetitions this five to ten rep range is just a guide but it's something to aim towards 
that is a nice compromise between the potential for injury with harder variations and the potential for time wasting with easier variations. Do be safe though. Exercises are only effective if done with the correct form. There is no point overloading weight, aka ego lifting, on an exercise you are doing incorrectly. This may cause an injury. If you are a beginner, body weight is also a great start. Cardio. Yep, everyone's fear. Cardio. Cardio involves larger whole body movements that lead to cardiovascular limitations prior to the absolute failure of any particular muscle group. This type of exercise is often the type that people think they need to be doing to lose weight. Whilst it can provide great benefits for health and metabolism, it is not required. Yes, shocking, I know. But cardiovascular training has two major forms. Steady state cardio or moderate intensity continuous training. This generally consists of 30 to 60 minutes of aerobic exercise at around 55 to 76% of peak heart rate. Moderate intensity continuous training requires oxygen and is fueled mostly by stored fat. Think of running or cycling at a challenging but manageable pace, which is typically at a heart rate of around 120 to 160 BPM. You'd be breathing strongly, but could still have a light conversation. 2. High intensity interval training, otherwise more commonly known as HIT. This is an anaerobic exercise at your maximum capacity, around 70 to 90% of peak heart rate, for a brief set time period followed by a set period of recovery. For example, you could sprint at your fastest or lap pace for 2 minutes, then jog lightly for a 3 minute interval and repeat that cycle four times for a total of 20 minutes. There are many different styles of HIT, ranging in work to rest ratios from one to two, one to three, two to one, or one to one. For example, Tabata has a more intense two to one work recovery ratio, translating into something like 20 seconds of strenuous exercise followed by a 10 second recovery, repeated eight times. The type of exercise you should be doing should be full body in order to reach fatigue. Here are some examples of different forms of exercise and the calories burned per hour. So leisure biking, at kind of less than 10 miles per hour, you can expect to burn between 236 calories to 305 calories per hour. Calisthenics, you can expect to burn between 207 to 326 calories per hour. Circuit training with minimal rest, you can expect to burn between 472 to 745 calories per hour. Jump rope at a moderate pace, you can expect to burn between 590 calories to 931 calories per hour. As This is the same with swimming laps. Something like hiking only burns roughly 354 to 558 calories per hour. However, be aware that whilst these numbers are based on the range of a 130 to 205 pound person, many other things affect how many calories you burn when you exercise, such as your body weight, the intensity of exercise, conditioning level, and metabolism. To better track how many calories you're burning, we'll have a section in episode 2 regarding tracking and wearables. So how often and when should you exercise? Now we've gone into detail about cardio and strength and conditioning exercises that you may be thinking how much should I be exercising per week? Well, consistency is key. If you become inactive in your exercise, you will lose muscle. This is why you need to find a training program that works for you and you can commit to it in the long run. For a healthy adult, the Department of Health and Human Services recommends that you should do at least 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity or 75 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity per week. These can easily be split up into 30 minutes five days a week or 25 minutes three days per week. If you want to lose weight, consider two days of moderate activity and two days of vigorous aerobic activity or high intensity interval training, aka HIT. In terms of strength training, you should be doing exercises for all major muscle groups at least two times per week. This means including full body workouts that focus on compound exercises. As you can see, we aren't saying you should be exercising every day. In fact, to get the most out of your weight loss workouts, you should be including at least two days rest a week. The reason why it's recommended to have rest days is to allow the body's muscles to recover from any damage they've sustained during workouts and to allow them to grow. And numerous scientific studies show that the rest days do indeed play an important role in helping us maintain good health and fitness. Additionally, even though you may be taking time out of your day for strength or aerobic exercise, you still may be spending the rest of your time sitting down. Whilst it is great that you took some time to exercise, excessive sitting can have various negative health effects. 
This is why, as well as incorporating regular exercise into your lifestyle, you should also try and incorporate more daily movement into your life. To help you, here are our top tips to squeeze more movement into your day. Park further away from the entrance so you have to walk a bit more. Skip the lift and take the stairs. Take your bike or walk to work. Walk and talk. Try walking meeting at work for once. Get a standing desk. Stand up or walk when talking on the phone. Stretch or do a light workout when watching TV. Reduce your time on the couch. Dance. It can be a great mood booster. So when should you work out? Well, if you're regularly exercising every week, what time is the best time? The science behind this states that the optimal time to exercise is in line with your body's natural rhythm. In particular, we are talking about your circadian rhythm. Our circadian rhythm essentially governs our body's sleep slash wake phases and essentially your body clock. Your body time preferences will lead to a difference in the ability to exercise and perform. So let's go into detail about the research on exercise in the morning, afternoon and evening. Morning. The key to optimal training is doing so when you feel the most awake. So if you're a night owl, this might not be for you. This is definitely the case for me. In terms of personal preference, many people like to get their workout out of the way in the morning before other tasks get in the way. Additionally, morning exercise is proven to make you feel more energised throughout the day, better your mood and increase your focus. In research on the effectiveness of morning exercise versus evening exercise, morning came out on top with people losing 1kg more on average and eating less throughout the day. Afternoon. Many people just like going to the gym after work as they are too tired. However, going at this time is said to be one of the best for you. According to one study, in the afternoon, reaction time, joint flexibility, muscle strength and power at their highest. This means that this time you will achieve the best results. In terms of circadian view, this time is also better because your body tends to be a degree or two warmer in the afternoon and morning. Therefore, there will be a better muscle performance and decreased risk of injury. Evening before bed. It is regularly said that exercising before bed is bad for you. However, research suggests that working out one and a half hours before bed can make you fall asleep faster, awake fewer times after sleep onset, and increase your mood. It is advised, therefore, that you complete your workout at least one to ideally one and a half hours before bed. You also need to be aware of the type of workouts you're doing. Vigorous workouts, though, should be avoided in the evening. Strenuous physical activity can stimulate your nervous system and raise your heart rate too much, making it difficult to fall asleep. If you have to exercise in the evening, only do a light to moderate activity such as yoga, walking, and leisurely swimming slash cycling. To decide what's best for you, do some experimentation. Try one month of each and come to your own conclusion. Afternoon exercise is overall better for your circadian rhythm, but ultimately you have to do what's best for your body. Workout resources. There are plenty of workout resources these days, whether they're free or you have to pay for them. If you're a beginner to exercise, it's good to experiment with lots of resources and see what works best for you. Remember though, consistency is key. So whatever helps you exercise most often and most consistently is best. Now, let's run through some resources that you can access. When it comes to exercise, the gym is one of the most common resources people use to stay fit. Here are some pros and cons of each to help you weigh it up for yourself. The home gym. Home workouts are great for those short on time. The time poor are big fans of the home workout, and rightly so. Working out from home means you can squeeze in a session whenever is convenient for you, from a quick hit workout during your lunch break, to an evening Pilates session once you put the little ones to bed. Working out from home means even the busiest people can stay fit and healthy. Home workouts are great for those set on saving money. If weights aren't really your thing, then you may find yourself wasting your time and money in the gym. Hit fans and those who live for bodyweight circuits and exercises can ditch the monthly membership costs and perform their sessions at home or in their garden. Sunny day, make the most of the weather and set up an outdoor circuit. And there are a number of online PTs who due to the COVID pandemic are now sharing their hit workouts for free on social media. So make the most of this content and get that heart racing from home. Self-conscious, home workouts could be for you. If the thought of working out in the presence of strangers doesn't sit well with you, then home workouts are a great way to get your fitness fix without feeling uncomfortable. Some of us simply prefer our privacy, while others may want to start their fitness journey at home until they feel confident enough to venture to a gym or exercise class. Either way, working out at home allows you to do you, go at your own pace, exercise freely without fear of judgment, and most importantly, 
enjoy your sessions. On the flip side, the gym offers way more variety. From cardio machines to weighted equipment, gyms offer a variety of different tools that you can use to get your sweat on or pump those muscles. If it's strength you're after, then you'll need access to a variety of weights so you can gradually increase your load and build that strength. As we said, gyms offer a variety when it comes to equipment. This will allow you to challenge yourself, giving you the opportunity to try out machines and movements you haven't tried before and wouldn't be able to do when working out from home. We're all familiar with the squat rack, but more obscure equipment such as the landmine are great machines to work into your regime and will add more variety to your workouts. The gym offers more routine. If, like many of us, you need a consistent routine in order to stick to your sessions, then heading to the gym may be your best bet. It can be tough motivating yourself at home, especially with the distractions home life can bring. Escaping the day-to-day by going to the gym will ensure you're on track and being in a workout environment will encourage you to give your sessions your home gym equipment. If you decided that a home workout is the best option for you, then you could look into buying some smart home equipment. Here are some of our recommendations. Peloton. I'm sure we've all heard of a Peloton by now, and if you haven't, it's a stationary bike slash treadmill. This is one of the most popular home exercise products on the market at the moment. With their bike, which has a 22-inch touchscreen, you can access live streaming slash pre-recorded spin sessions at home. You can also access other online workouts such as yoga, meditation, and boot camp. Some reasons why it could be great for you include you can work out at any time, it's in your house, the classes are motivating, and you can see your output, calories burned, and heart rate. On the other hand, the bike and touchscreen cost almost $2,000, and the monthly membership is $39 a month. You also have to purchase Look Delta cleats for your bike shoes. Tonal weights. Tonal looks like a huge vertical screen that you can attach to your wall. It uses digital weights and shows you the routines you can train at home. It is good because it has smart weight features that adapt to your weight. Based on your movement, it provides different workout schedules that are most compatible with the user, and it helps coach you to improve your form. It is again, however, on the expensive side. The initial package is $2,995, and the technician to install it is $250, and the monthly subscription of training videos is another $49. Tempo, again, weights. Tempo is a smart home gym that provides personalized guidance for every workout. Equipped with a full set of Olympic weights, it is based around resistance-based strength training. Tempo coaches lead you through every workout via their massive 42-inch HD touchscreen, almost like you have a personal trainer. It is a good option for you if you're new to resistance training and need to eliminate the guesswork. You want to feel like you're working one-on-one with a personal trainer. You're short on space at home. However, it is not as good for you if you don't want to strength train as the core of your workouts. You have a tight budget, it's $2,500 plus $39 a month, or you're limited on space. Mirror, body weight. Mirror is a fitness device that offers live and on-demand fitness classes as well as personal training at an extra cost. A few examples of its workouts include yoga, pilates, weight training, and boot camp. There's a huge collection of workout classes, so it's a great option for those who are trying to lose weight, tone up, gain muscle, and enhance endurance. Again, the biggest downside is cost, as the mirror starts at $1,495, has a delivery and installation cost of $250, membership of $39 per month, and you can buy personal training sessions for $40 per session. Some others, fight camp, which is at-home boxing, hydro, which is connected rowing, and Nordic track running, cycling, strength and training. All these products are on the expensive side. They, off- they often offer a range of financing options where you can pick a payment plan and pay over time. Check out each of their websites for more details as the links will be in the show notes. Don't forget that you can also get involved with outdoor exercises such as cycling, running and hiking. This is a great free activity that you can do with friends and family. In most places, they also have clubs where you can join in with other people in the area doing exercise. These organized activities can be great for accountability. Online resources. Another great place to get exercise resources in the internet. You can download exercise programs online to help you with your fitness journey. Some that I'd recommend are Legion, Precision Nutrition Coaching, and Strongness 5x5. 
Social media such as YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok can provide you with a range of resources from live workouts, workout routines, and home workout videos. You can utilize other online sources such as fitness apps. There are plenty of them in the market that are both paid and free. Here are some of our favorites and why. Fitboard. Fitboard uses a training algorithm to build your personalized workout plan takes into consideration your strength training ability, studies your past workouts, and adapts to your available gym equipment. Strong. This is a simple yet intuitive workout tracking experience. It's like a workout notebook where you can plan and track your progress. Aptive. This app gives you unlimited access to thousands of workouts and programs created and guided by world-class certified trainers. All you need to do is enter your goals and find workouts you will love, choose your workout, and put your headphones in and let the trainer guide you. Sweat. The Sweat app has lots of online workouts with really popular trainers. So you can work out anywhere, anytime with no equipment. Also has a planning session where you can plan your schedule and get your workout reminders. You can also pair it with your Apple Watch to see your full workout overview, training videos and exercise instructions. Fitbody. This app combines strength training, step-by-step workouts, custom meal plans and recipes and a calendar and wellness journal and much more. You can pick from eight different programs, see your workout sessions for the week and mix and match them to fit your schedule. Freeletics. This app provides digital coaching that includes intense workouts and individual training plans. Your coach analyzes your fitness and goals, paving your individual path to success. Video exercise, Apple Fitness Plus. This Apple platform provides you with world-class workouts by the world's best trainers. There are 10 workout types, everything from HIIT to yoga, and new workouts were added every week. You can easily find it in the fitness app on your iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV. Another great thing is that it uses metric from your Apple Watch to push you even further. Equinox Plus. This app offers live and on-demand lessons, which include Sweat with Equinox, Ride with SoulCycle, Throwdown with Rumble, Recover with TB12, and more. Peloton. With the Peloton app, you can access live classes and thousands of more on demand from your phone, tablet, web, or TV. These include exercises such as running, cycling, strength, yoga, and more. Personal trainer. If you're a beginner at the gym and you want some extra help with the program and how to perform exercises, then a personal trainer could be a great option for you. Traditionally, these are in person. However, nowadays, you can find an online trainer such as Future Fitness. The pro is that you can gain more knowledge of fitness and exercises. They motivate you to push harder, they give you a tailored plan, and you have more effective and efficient workout routines. The cons are that these trainers do cost a lot of money, and you might not enjoy your personal training experience. Group exercise classes. If you struggle to work out alone and want to train with others, then there are a range of group exercise classes out there. Some in person, ones include soul cycle rumble barry's boot camp orange theory and of course your local gym will probably have classes running as well and that's it for today's show and the first part in our two-part series on your exercise and recovery guide for weight loss weight loss is simple to understand but it's often difficult to execute you usually are worst enemies in part two we'll go over more stuff to do with recovery as well as some nutrition regarding pre-exercise and post-exercise at shape ultimately our best goal is to help people the healthiest version of yourself and as such enabling you to track your measurements seamlessly with the shape scale is our way of working towards that goal if you want to dig deeper into exercise and recovery check out some of the exercises in full and some guides then i strongly recommend checking out our complete show notes on 20minute.fitness you can find martin on twitter and instagram at keslio And if you enjoy the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your preferred podcasting app is. Your review is super important in helping other listeners learn more about the show. And of course, your feedback is always highly appreciated. Also, if you think a friend or family member would get something out of today's show, please consider letting them know. I'm TJ Robinson. 20 Minute Fitness is mixed by Lee Lasko and produced by Shapes in San Francisco. As always, thank you for your continued support. And until next time.